What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Blessed Show. Hope you guys are doing well. And uh, so happy to be recording this episode. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, when we talk about design, uh, rarely we talk about marketing. And this is something that a lot of us miss out, which is uh, very crucial for a design business. So we have Tom Ross. Uh, he's the CEO of Design Cuts and the marketing guru for designers, to be honest. So we have Tom. Welcome, Tom. Welcome to The Blessed Show. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Oh, that's great. It's an honor for us to have you on the show and have all the value that you provide so that we can learn much and more from you so that that can be helpful for our listeners and those who are learning marketing as designers. So uh, we'll just start the show by a short introduction. If you could just let us know where are you from? Just a brief introduction so that we can get to know you more. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name's Tom Ross. I'm based just south of London in the United Kingdom. And I've loved design and entrepreneurship for pretty much my whole life. I started doing this when I was 12 years old. So I was quite young. Um, and I just really took to both things. And I love the combination of both. So I know a lot of people they go full on down the marketing route or full on down the creative route. I really believe in combining both. And so I did that from a young age. And from age 12, I was entering design competitions. I know, you know, they get a lot of hate, but that's how I got my start. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I started making some money um, as a young kid, uh, a few hundred bucks a month and that kind of thing. That kind of taught me the potential of, wow, maybe I can make a living in this. Started doing some client work. And along the way, I learned blogging, um, online marketing, things of that nature. And so my whole journey has been both. And I scaled up a freelance career, specializing in web design and conversions. And that was a lot of fun. I got to work with some really cool clients. But alongside that, I launched a, a large design blog, um, which was also really fun to run, uh, teaching millions of designers Photoshop. And I had various online ventures where I would dabble in things like affiliate marketing. I would build and flip websites and have all these kind of crazy projects along the way, which were really just my way of learning this stuff. And all of that learned, uh, led me to start Design Cuts. And we've just turned six years old. I think you saw our, our birthday event pretty recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Check that. Congratulations on completing six years, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, the, my baby is no longer a baby. It's like yeah. a, <laughs> now a little kid. Um, but yeah, I, I love design cuts. Like we've got a fantastic team of about 20 people now. Um, got millions of customers all over the world. And we're very proud of being the highest quality marketplace for designers. And so that's been my life for the last six years. And on the back of that, I've really tried to give back as much as I can to the creative community. So I started with our podcast, The Honest Designers Show, and that's done very well. That's grown much bigger than we anticipated. Um, and that's myself and, and three other creatives. Um, but then I had to scratch the itch of putting out more content. And so about a year ago, it was like 11 months ago, I think I launched my personal brand properly. And that's where I launched my own podcast video show. I literally chat to like 200 creatives a day in my DMs and put out content every single day and just try and interact and give as much back as I can to the design community because I recognize I'm in quite a unique position of got, having experience in, in design and marketing 
and a lot of creative struggle with their marketing. And so I, I felt I was in the position to try and help others with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So first of all, thank you very much for giving us design cuts, to be honest, because uh, it's, it's, it's such a great resource for all the designers out here. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the listeners, those who are listening to us, and if they're designers, they would definitely have bombed on design cuts at some point of time in their design career because it has tons and tons of resources and talk about the, the variety of resources that you have. So thank you very much for giving us design cuts and uh, for everything that you do for the community. And recently you have started, as you mentioned, you have started your personal brand. It's been such a great help for budding designers like us who were struggling with the aspect of, you know, you mentioned somewhere marriage of marketing and design. So thank you for all that you do for the community. So glad to hear about your story. Yeah, thank you so much. That really means a lot. Um, and as I say, it's something I'm really proud of. I love what we're building. I think it's been very disruptive, what Design Cuts has done within the community, and it's made the best design assets accessible for a lot more people. And, and that's something I love. I love seeing the work that our community create on the back of it. And I just love the people in our community. That's why we started it, to be honest. Um, yeah. We've never really chased the money or, or that side of things. I, I very much view that as a side effect of just building this great community and trying to serve them yeah. as best we can. Yeah. As, as you've mentioned, you know, the community is so grateful and thankful for the community that you're building over Instagram as well, because the value you provide is, is so much helpful for budding designers specifically, those who are trying to do it all on their own and learning about marketing and the techniques that you can use for your design business. It's really helpful. So the community is growing strong and so proud to be a part of the community that you are in. So thank you very much for that. So as you mentioned that you have been in this business, let's say design business since you were at the age of 12 and uh, that's how you jumped into a lot of, a um, lot of businesses and then you did design cuts. How hard was it for you to understand the importance of marketing and design? Did you learn it the, the easy way or the hard way? I learned it the hard way, um, but I think it always came pretty natural. So I mm. naturally understood the importance. I naturally uh, had some level of aptitude for it and I was naturally drawn towards it. But what happened was as a kid, I was Googling, how do I do internet marketing? Mm -hmm. And the stuff that was coming back was really, really sleazy and all yeah. of these like scammy tactics and, you know, yeah. internet marketers, right? Like I've literally put out content about this. Um, I, I don't want to use like bad language on the show, but yeah, I think it was, an, it was an episode called like how not to be an internet marketing dick bag or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's because I've got so many frustrations because I wasted so many years because mm -hmm. as you say, there weren't, people like myself or Mike Janda yep. or Christo or yourself yep. put, putting out content around this. It wasn't so accessible. So what do you do? You go to Google to try and yeah. dig and find the right stuff, but who's going to be at the top of Google? The people who are bidding the mm. others out and, and the people that are you know, using some sketchy tactics to rank yeah. well and that kind of thing. And so it was near impossible 
to find the good people. It really took like a lot of digging and it took years and years and years before I actually stumbled across some better mentors. So for a lot of years, I was actually shutting down my natural inclinations Mm -hmm. And things like, oh, treating people really kindly and building community and, you know, networking in the right way. I naturally was doing that stuff. But then these articles were telling me, don't focus on that. That's not what matters. You need to focus on getting more followers or getting more traffic Mm -hmm. and these blueprints and tactics. So I was like shutting down my true inner voice and I was following what these people told me to do. And I kind of call that the dark years. And that's why right now I'm so desperate to be like, don't do that. We're going to show you a better way. Let's just shortcut all that and get to the good stuff. Yeah, totally, totally agreed. Because uh, the one-on-one community that we have at this point, uh, the way you, the way you respond to people, those who are asking you questions, you have no motive behind that, which really cuts the point, and you get what you're trying to actually say. So that that's that's something that we lagged few years ago, but uh, it's so great to have people like you who are mentoring people, first of all, free of charge. That is huge. People don't know the value because at this point, to be honest, Instagram is so flooded with all these resources and somewhere down the road, it gets diluted and people just don't know the value. People just don't appreciate the value of uh, the, the free coaching or the free the free suggestions or the free lessons that you're giving out. But I, I definitely think, as you mentioned, the community is what it matters and not the finance or not the profit that you get from it. And, and mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned somewhere that whatever you get, whatever, whatever you, the profit you get, it's just a byproduct. It's not what you are, what you should be focusing on at this point. Yeah, I mean, absolutely learn the dynamics of running a business and a profitable one. But I feel like if your entire purpose in life is just money, it's pretty shallow Mm. as an existence. You know, you've got to have a higher level purpose. And I'm glad you mentioned the proliferation of how much content is out there right now, because I've noticed that, of course, everywhere you look right now, there's carousel posts. By the time this episode goes out, there's probably (laughs) going to be a billion more of them. Yeah. And that's fine. And to an extent, I believe the cream rises. I also think when there's more competition, uh, I hate to call it that, but that's kind of what it is. It's competition for the attention of the end Mm -hmm. consumer. When that happens, it breeds innovation. And so none of us really have the right to complain. It's not like I was the first person to do that type of content. I was one Mm -hmm. of the earlier ones. Now everyone's doing it. That's fine, but it helps me and everyone else up our game and deliver better content because we're trying to break through. Um, But something I'm really passionate about, I like to be disruptive and I like to be different. So right now I see this happening and 99.9% of people are jumping on the bandwagon and going, Mm. carousels work, I'm going to do more carousels, not realizing that they're already too late to the party Mm. because they've lost their impact. Literally this week that we're recording, I'm launching a new content strategy where I've created five mini series on Instagram each week, getting away from the carousels and getting towards more proprietary content that people can't copy. It's stuff Mm -hmm. that's very specific to my experiences and the fact I actually run like a decent sized business and stuff that can't be regurgitated or taken out of a book and slapped on my Instagram feed. It's stuff that only I can teach. 
And so I'm deliberately, the second the party gets remotely busy, instead of just being stuck on that trend, I'm jumping out of that party and I'm trying to start a new one, doing something completely different. And I think yeah. that's so key for people because we're creative. So if we're so creative and original, why are we following what the crowd is doing? That's the best way to become invisible and forgettable. Yeah, totally agree. As you mentioned, you know, when it gets crowded, that's when uh, innovation comes up. That's when creativity sparks and that's when you get new ideas. So as you mentioned, we were talking about, you were talking about the importance of having the business aspect for your design career. Uh, that brings me to the, the topic that we're going to discuss today, uh, marketing for designers. So first of all, I would like to ask you, why is marketing needed for designers? Why do you think that marketing is needed for designers? Because we have had this uh, concept of your work is going to do everything for you. A uh, mm -hmm. lot of people still have this concept, to be honest, you know, that I don't need to do the marketing stuff. I don't need to promote myself or I don't need to advertise. I'm not talking about the billboard advertisements, but um, I don't, in any way, I don't need to do that because my work is going to do everything for me. But uh, we, we also know that you're running a business. So as you mentioned, you need to learn the business aspects. Why do you think is marketing needed for designers? I think it's needed for any kind of business. And for the sake of simplicity in today's episode, I'm going to lump in design as the actual making of the creative work and marketing yep. as the business side. I know there's a few definitions and we can look at like marketing versus PR versus sales and all these things but I'm just going to broadly kind of apply marketing to the business stuff yeah. and what you're talking about is filled with dreams right that movie build mm -hmm. it and they will come and mm -hmm. you're right that's what so many creatives seem to think but it's a complete fallacy it's a misconception because they won't come like no one knows about you. Why would they come? You're not thinking about who you're serving, the value you're providing, your distribution, how you're going to get in front of them. When you do, do build an audience, how to keep it active and engaged, how to funnel that audience back to a premium offering where you actually get money. And I had a bit of a rant about this recently about Instagram or social media not being a business. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, so I, I saw that. I saw that. Right. <laughs> It, yeah. And it's frustrating me because I know a lot of awesome people on both sides of the coin. I know tons of people who are running really successful, like six and seven and eight figure businesses who barely use social media. Yeah. In fact, the majority of people running businesses, I would say are like that. Yeah. Then I know people on Instagram who have huge followings, 50, 100,000, 200,000 people, and they're mm. pretty much broke. Mm. Like literally it's just empty they're not making a living from it and yeah. then there's smaller people with tiny instagram followings and actually they're doing better than you can possibly imagine yep. what what we're doing is we're looking to the social media stars in our space and we're presuming that's the only way to do it because mm. they're the ones who are most visible to us so we think oh we have to go and get a big instagram following in order mm. to be successful but actually the reverse is true most of these people actually found their success by building a real business and then they kind of amplified that with social media and they grew an audience on social media around an actual core business. Um, and there's a huge distinction between the two. And I think far more people should stop chasing followers and should go and build a real business because I would much rather be the guy in a group who's like, you know what, like I'm earning a hundred grand a year and I love my business and I've got a great team rather than the one with a hundred thousand followers who's oh, yeah. like, still living with his parents and, and struggling to make ends meet. 
Yeah, for sure. But this is that's sad that you know the the social media stars generation we are in right now is is just so so compelling for designers those who are coming up and starting out in social media because you hear all of them giving their testimonials about how they grew their social media following and how that helped them that changed their life or something which i think is not a long term or a long scale strategy you're talking about it's just that you got followers because your work might might have spoke to people or your work was viral or something went viral but as you mentioned you shouldn't be the guy who is boasting about the 100,000 followers but earning 100 grands a year so that's i think that would be clear for the listeners that why is marketing needed for designers as you mentioned the people those who have been successful in business uh probably they are not on social media wasting their time or building mm-hmm. follower accounts uh something But, yeah yeah I'll, i'll explain the kind of correlation there like whenever we have people on uh one of my podcasts the honest designers show we have some of these huge names with the gigantic following and then everyone looks up to them mm-hmm. it is never just that they grew an audience by putting out great work they always are very very savvy marketers and there's people yeah. i've met where their social media presence they come across as like a bit silly and like frivolous and that kind of thing mm-hmm. we get them on the podcast and i'm like you are like a super sharp business lady like you know <laughs> you are unbelievably business savvy and it's inspiring yeah. and even if their online presence isn't like that because that's more of their brand mm-hmm. behind yeah. the scenes like we really get a behind the scenes look because we dig deep with these people it's fascinating yeah. like they are switched on they've got like marketing tactics you wouldn't believe holding this whole mm-hmm. thing up and people mm-hmm. think all they're doing is just putting out work on social media oh, and like yeah. the money's flooding <laughs> in it's just not the reality of it yeah totally agreed you know so as as you mentioned that the, now we know that why is marketing needed for designers because it's needed if you really want to do business if you really want to get your business up and going you need marketing whatever type of design field you are in doesn't matter so what are some common mistakes and like because being self taught most of the designers now are starting out they're self taught and we just learn from people around we learn as you mentioned we just, we might be just googling and just learning from the resources that we have but when it comes to real life there are a lot of mistakes that happen that are not mentioned in this um you know bookish knowledge that we have so what do you think are some common mistakes uh, in marketing for designers and how can you avoid them yeah so as you were asking that question i just wrote down the first four that sprung to mind but there's a bunch of them so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um And and by the way today I'm very happy to go holistic but if you want to talk tactics I love that too. So yeah, sure. both are, both are good yeah. with me. Um yep. some common mistakes I think um people focusing on quantity instead of quality is one. Hmm. And for example people chase the big following but they don't realize that number means nothing. It's more hmm. how much people care and it's the depth and it's the actual engagement that matters. So I've seen people have an audience literally like 
200, 500 times bigger than me, but I'm able to convert more of those people to go and do something that I want from a business standpoint. Because if you just got this bloated, disengaged following, it literally is an empty number. And I learned that the hard way because um, when I ran my blog, it ended up getting 15 million visits, but it didn't earn me enough for a sustainable long-term business. It kind of helped me pay my way through college, but like Mm -hmm. design cuts was way smaller than that in terms of traffic, but it was like hundreds of orders of magnitude bigger in terms of revenue. So um, that, that would be number one, you know, really, really focus on that depth of engagement and so don't be chasing the next batch of followers i always say if people have a thousand followers don't be ignoring those thousand to go and chase a thousand new strangers to inflate your ego to get two thousand followers you should be going deeper with the thousand people you have and this is something which again has become quite regurgitated in the industry and everyone's kind of saying yeah go deep with your followers and yeah bring value it's almost Mm -hmm. become like a a buzzword but until you really live it you don't know what that feels like until like right now i I got about 150 dms in my inbox right now um Mm -hmm. i'm going to be responding to every single one of those people I'm going to be trying oh, to bring as yeah. much value as I can for free day in, day out, day in, day out until you really, really live that and you build that depth of relationship and you put in the work that's required. You realize it's not just a fuzzy, nice concept that you saw on someone's Instagram slider. It's mm-hmm. kind of a way of life and you have to really care about your community enough to put in the work to actually foster those relationships. So um, that's kind of number one that people aren't doing that at all. And they're just chasing the big meaningless number. Number two is unrealistic expectations. So I think a lot of people imagine that they're going to get a big successful business from very little. They're like, oh, but I've got, you know, 233 Instagram followers. Mm. Why am I not a millionaire? That's like quite an extreme example, but people don't realize like how big you need to be to actually you you need a base level even when you've got a highly engaged audience you need to actually get to a certain capacity before you can turn that into a part-time and then a full-time income Um, and also people being unrealistic about their time thinking oh i can tickle this thing and put in 20 minutes a day and i'm going to have a business it that's just not realistic either Um, along those lines a lack of patience it takes years and years and years. And this kind of links into my my last point, which is not realizing the distinction between branding and sales enough. So mm-hmm. a lot of what we're talking about, building an audience, building a community, a name for yourself, a reputation, that's branding. Sales is different. Sales is actually making sales of your product or services. And the example I always give is, I've got a follower, um, one of my community called Rachel, and she had not built a brand. She pivoted. She jumped into a new direction. She was two weeks into this and she landed four gigantic clients in the industry mm. because she went out and pitched them mm. and she landed them. So yeah. immediately she's more successful and she's making more money than a lot of her contemporaries two weeks into a new business venture. And she had like 60 followers, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have brand yet. And both matter because brand is great because like I got, I think 17,000 followers right now. It's, it's not huge, but they're very engaged. But when I've got seven, uh, you know, 170,000 rather, or 1.7 million and mm-hmm. I'm building my Twitter and I've got my mailing list and, and YouTube and it, you know, it really kind of grows and it's a bigger community. I will be able to leverage that. And I already am. 
towards success. So brand matters, but brand is a very long-term play. And I think every designer seems to be trying to play the brand game, but they have no idea when it comes to sales and actually converting their brand and their audience into a viable business. So I think you need to focus on both. Something that I also want to talk about, which brings me to the next point is, what are the types of marketing do you think? I know there are a lot of types of marketing, but Mm -hmm. as a designer, what are the types of marketing that a designer should focus on? And, and this marketing trends keep changing they, they, uh, with, by, by, as time passes by, the marketing trends keep changing, but how to keep up with them, how to have a strategy that is timeless, regardless of the trends, yep. maybe have a balance that you can keep up with the trends, but at the same point of time, you have a timeless strategy for your marketing. So some, some major types of marketing that is, the designer should never uh, never forget. Okay. Um, this is very much like thinking off the top of my head, obviously, but I'm going to try mm-hmm. and give you a bunch of them. Um, sure. one of them is knowing, defining and understanding your audience. Cause if you're trying to serve everyone, you serve no one, right? You become invisible. So I'm a huge fan of niching and you don't even need to go in a micro niche, but simply being clear about who it is you're trying to serve with your content, with your premium services and products is a, a smart idea. So I think definitely invest the time to do that. Um, when you've figured out who you're serving, you can figure out where do they spend time? Where are their eyeballs and their ear holes? How am I going to get in front of them? Mm-hmm. And then you can actually start working out your distribution strategy, your content strategy, and, and your marketing strategy. How am I going to get in front of these people? Um, so again, that's very, very timeless. I think it is a good idea to be on multiple platforms. I'm not saying you need to jump on seven social media platforms tomorrow but i do recognize the benefit benefit and that's why whilst i'm definitely need to be more bullish about this you know i'm going to be getting on linkedin tiktok imminently i do have a uh, a podcast i do have a daily video show i've got instagram i've got a email newsletter i'm soon going to be having a blog i believe in trying to reach people on multiple platforms because i think diversification to answer your question is another good idea. I think if you've got all your eggs in one basket, particularly if it's a third party, like for Mm -hmm. example, Instagram, that's very dangerous because if that goes away or as we're seeing the algorithm changes or whatever, then you can be kind of screwed. But if you're diversified across the range, you're that much, you know, less at risk, you're a bit more safe and you're generally reaching more people. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can have like the same person that actually is on your newsletter and listens to your podcast and follows you on Instagram. And when you're kind of hitting them at every touch point, that's again, helps create that depth. So I think that's a good idea as well. Um, product market fit. This isn't talked about enough. So you need to actually figure out how do I bring something to market, either a product or service that people really want? Because as creative entrepreneurs, we all get that feeling where it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's really, really painful. Whereas I had that for a lot of my career. When I launched Design Cuts, we had such an impeccable product market fit. It went like a rocket. And instead of me pushing a boulder up a hill, it was me holding onto the rocket and just trying to hold on for dear life and not screw it up. And that is literally the difference in product market fit. Because we've all pushed stuff out that actually people aren't that jazzed about and they might not want that much. And that makes our job so much harder because when you're trying to market something that you don't fully believe in and that people don't care that much about, it's really difficult. 
But if you're pushing something out confidently and proudly and people go bananas for it, then your job gets a lot easier. And it gets easier, it gets cheaper. You have to spend less dollars to get people to care about it and so on. Um, so I think product market fit is definitely a good idea. Um, listening to your audience. People don't do this enough either. Mm, Not just yeah. guessing, actually asking questions, having one-on-one -on -one conversations like this, having conversations at scale, doing surveys. Listen as much as you can because you can use that to validate product and service ideas instead of just pushing stuff out to the world. Um, uh, you, you got to cut me short at some point because I go all day with these. <laughs> but uh, I, like, we would, uh, we would love to get as much from you. So, <laughs> um, like uh, another one um, is idea validation and minimum mm -hmm. viable products. So, I'm a huge fan of both of those. We're launching our first course pretty imminently by my oh. company. Um, but instead of you know spending months and months and months building it and refining it and getting affiliate partners and business partners involved and having a huge launch, we're actually selling it originally as group coaching. Because mm -hmm. by doing that, I can see if anyone actually wants this concept before, before mm -hmm. we invest too much time. And then I can use that beta group to actually refine it, make it much better, get their objections, get their feedback. So by the time we have the full rollout, it's 10 times better than it was. And we're doing it with confidence, knowing that people really want this thing instead of us just hypothesizing that they're going yeah. to. And you can do that with all kinds of stuff. Whatever it yeah. is you're selling, get it out to the world in some variant as quickly as you can. Figure out if people want it. Quickly listen and get feedback and be very agile and adjust and make it better and iterate um, as best you can. But I think far mm -hmm. too many people go and tinker behind the scenes for six months, push it out to the world. And it's like, oh, no one cares. And I never actually <laughs> listened to my community. So I didn't actually know that they wouldn't care. Oh yeah, totally, totally. As you mentioned, the the strategy that you're having for your course launch, this is something when you when you mentioned that, I kind of, you know, I kind of like stick to the fact that people can apply this to small things like providing templates or providing any digital products as well that they are providing for their community. They can test it out uh, with a bunch of beta group of people so that they can mm -hmm. understand whether or not it's needed. So as you mentioned, your company is right now launching a product that is the course. And uh, do you think that content will also be considered as a product? Do you think the, the content that you put out, do you mm -hmm. think that people should follow this strategy with content as well? Or do you think that people should just go and share what they think is right is is a right fit for the community are you asking this because you saw my instagram post today like <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. no 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 um, because i talked about exactly this so um your content definitely is not a product unless you sell it i view a product as something people give you dollars for um mm. but you can absolutely use the concept of validating an idea in order to over index so the post i put out on my instagram today what i've been doing is I will share daily thoughts on Twitter. I'll just, whatever's in my mind, I'll just type without kind of filtering it. And then each day they've been engaging pretty well, but occasionally some really, really do better than the others and they really mm -hmm. stand out. I then view that as validation that people resonate with that idea above mm -hmm. average. And then I pick that idea to go and turn into an Instagram post. Okay. And then that post does way better than the other post. Mm. And I can confidently predict that because I validated that people 
care more about that than normally what I share, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so, so that's like that's one way. And what I want to encourage people to do here is with marketing, there are like not that many pillars in terms of like the main beliefs. I've covered a few of them today, right? Like product market fit and quality over quantity and idea validation and so on. You can read about these pretty easily and you can see people like myself talking about them. The beauty that comes with experience when it comes to marketing is how do you creatively apply these pillars to your business? And that's one example. So I believe in validating ideas and therefore I post on Twitter, I get the top performing one, I put it on Instagram and I get way more engagement. That's one way of doing it, but there are infinite variations of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, some, something else you, you might think is like, okay, quality over quantity. It's more about yep. the depth of engagement with followers instead of having a big bloated audience. So it's like, okay, try and identify your true fans and the ones that comment all the time and set up a DM group with them and give them extra value for free and like really get to know them in a group setting and, and chat with them loads because you should be doubling down on those people. That's one one creative application there. And there are thousands and thousands more. It's all about how you think outside the box and how you apply these core pillars Hmm. to your marketing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally love the idea that you mentioned how you can actually focus on a very confined group of your community, reach out to them, give back to them, and that might as well act as, as a product as a service for people in your community so love that idea thank you for sharing that i think what people need to realize is once you've defined your audience you need to make sure you're providing the right kind of value for the right people Mm, and what a lot of designers are doing is they're building a community of fellow designers instead of Mm. necessarily who they want as the consumer and that, that's not a bad thing. I mean, like I'm building an audience of designers with my personal brand because I'm trying to help designers learn marketing. Yep. So I, yep. I want designers in my audience. Um, yeah. but, but I see it all the time where it's like, who's your audience? Designers? And it's like, no, mm. I'm trying to target gardeners or some, some yeah. random you know, niche or something like that. So um, I do think there's legs in actually providing the value that is going to help the people you're really trying to serve and not your peers and i think beyond that people need to think more about giving away the value that they charge for and i'm not saying do free spec work necessarily i'm saying give away the nuts and bolts and strategy behind what you're doing because Mm -hmm. i think a lot of clients and potential clients see that recognize that you have expertise agree that it will work but don't have the skills to execute it themselves. Totally. And so they want to hire you to do it instead. So if you say, like, here's a common thing I see with my clients, they make this, this, and this mistakes. I normally implement this kind of strategy because it helps them in this ways and it's amazing mm-hmm. for their business. And here's some case studies of how it's helped people. If I was a client, I'd look at that and be like, wow, this guy knows his stuff, but that mm-hmm. sounds really designy and kind of complicated to me. And I don't have that skill set. So I can see how it would work for me, but I'd rather just pay him to do it. Mm, totally. Yeah. So, so because as uh, this is something that I mentioned a few posts back uh, about uh, content over count. And uh, I was talking about how my focus when I started out Instagram, my focus was just to get followers, just to get more followers, as much followers as I can. And I was focusing 
on 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 my post doing better on my post getting more likes on my profile getting more followers that was when i started out that was my main focus because i didn't have an intention of providing value to be honest i just wanted my work to be out there i just wanted that people should see my work they should appreciate it and in return they should follow or like or comment my post mm-hmm. but but it's all something... ego right and, yeah and totally is, i know you a bit now i know you're like the sweetest guy in the world but even Thank you, you and much. the rest of us <laughs> we, we get tied into the ego game so we chase it just to validate ourselves and feel better about ourselves and that must mean that i'm successful because i've hit 10k followers or whatever yeah right yeah yeah i i, I call it the dopamine rush you know you get that <laughs> yeah. rush yeah you get that rush when you see the notifications you when you see those red badges and uh, it, in this day and age we see people celebrating these milestones of having followers and you know hitting million followers or hitting million views on videos and all that stuff that kind of promotes the mindset of having the metrics and mm-hmm. not not mastering over something that 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 would really help your brand or that would really help your personal brand so yeah so something that you mentioned you know that for providing value is going to bring more value back to you and just focusing on count or just focusing on metrics will just give you this this sense of happiness and the sense of rush that you that that might not last long for sure that would just that would just yeah. be a tool of uh, bragging or, or a tool of bag of achievements that you might add on to your uh, profile or add on to your personal growth, but not mm-hmm. maybe to your business. Yeah. And this took me like nearly 10 years <laughs> to figure out because there wasn't yeah. the information. So every person listening to this, don't just gloss over the point we just made, like play it back 20 times yep. if you have to and internalize it. Cause I had 10 years of anxiety and struggle because I, yeah. I didn't figure out this simple thing and I didn't actually internalize it and implement it. But yeah. it is everything. There is a reason why I mentioned my, my blog with the millions of visitors. I would be there being like, oh my God, I'm now getting like, you know, a quarter of a million visits a month on my mm. blog, guys. So I'd be saying to my friends, or I just hit a million visits overall. I'd be bragging about this to my friends like an idiot. And then yeah. they would want to go down the pub and I would be the one scrambling down the back of the sofa <laughs> for spare change. Whereas they were in like their steady careers and, and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, like it really means nothing. And one of the best examples I can give of this is there are there's people who share stuff all the time. We work with people at my company and we had a company um, or person we partnered with, they had an audience of 5,000 people. Right? And so pretty small community in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. There was another audience we partnered with that had over a million people in it. It's a huge audience. The one with 5,000 people earned more than twice as much as the one with a million. Mm. So, I mean, my math sucks, but what is that? So the audience is <laughs> yeah, a fraction as big, but it's yeah. outperforming by an yeah. order of magnitude. So it can be that extreme. Literally, it can be like, you can do 200, 500, 1,000 times better mm. as a ratio to someone purely based on engagement. Yep. And totally. I love that. It's like David versus Goliath. 
I love mm. it when someone's got like a way bigger following than me. And it's like, I know my engaged community would just destroy yours because you've like bought your likes or they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're on the back of a giveaway or whatever it might be. I love it. I've got like a little army and a community and I, I love my people so much. Totally, totally agreed. This is something that, as you mentioned, took 10 years for you. This is something that I also figured out very much late, although I'm still still new to this. But at the same point, I still feel that I should, I just wish and I just hope I knew this way earlier in my career so that that might have helped me much better, that might have helped me to provide more value to the existing mm-hmm. community that I have. So just to wrap up, uh, what are some of practical and actionable tips you might have for designers, specifically for marketing? Some practical and actionable tips, not the bookish ones, but the practical <laughs> ones that okay. we can, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so I've got two which spring to mind straight away. One which I did post about publicly is how to sell using Instagram stories. And I mm. love this technique because, and I know we've gone quite heavy on Instagram today. I hope that's okay. I think yeah, totally okay. <laughs> it's like for creatives, it seems to be the dominant platform. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on Instagram, I noticed that conversion rates were terrible. So if you had a thing in your post description saying, oh, I'll go to my bio link. And then, you know, mm. someone has to read the post like view the full description, view that Mm. tiny thing at the bottom, go back to your profile, click the bio link. No one really bothered. And same thing even with uh, story swipe ups, the conversion rate sucks. Mm. So there's very limited places where you can actually have links, clickable links on Instagram and, and the bio is one of them. What I started doing was using stories to let buyers filter themselves out and identify themselves if they're interested. So here's Mm. how it works. You are selling something, you build up some anticipation and hype for it in your stories over a series of stories. And you say, look at this thing. I listened to you guys. I made it great. It's going to help you these ways. Here it comes. It looks amazing. And then you do a story saying, are you interested? Yes or no? For Mm. all the people that vote yes, you individually message them and you say, great. Thank you so much for being interested in this thing. Um, Like here's a bit more about it. And here's a link if if you want to grab it because you said you're interested. Mm. You obviously word that in your own way. Um, That converts so much better because actually they can directly click the link in the DM because that's one of the few places. And because you've gone direct to them and they're not, you're not spamming people. You're not just messaging all your followers. This This is people who say, I'm interested, me over here. I want to know more about this thing. Mm. You directly message them. So their options are either they're like, oh, amazing, thanks. And they click through or they just ignore you which generally doesn't happen because they're an interested person. You've gone direct to them. It's not a bulk message or anything like that. Yeah, That works so freaking well. But equally, you could do that in a group setting. So let's mm. say you get 10 people who are like, me, 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 I'm interested. You set up a group DM with those people and be like, guys, yeah. like, you're interested. Can't wait to share this thing. Like, here's a link. I'd love your feedback. And you hype it up. And this is not vague theory. I did this when I launched my Patreon. Mm-hmm. So... I, this is when I was much smaller it was before, before my Instagram had even grown. Um, and I got 60 people who said, yes, I'm interested um, mm-hmm. in, in your Patreon. I messaged them in a group DM. I did all these mm-hmm. crazy videos being like, you guys are the best. <laughs> I appreciate your interest. Oh, yeah. uh, here's the link. I got freaking 60 out of 60 to sign up and pay me. Oh, that's like, the best conversion like, ratio. <laughs> right? Like, 
how ridiculous and, and not only that but at first it's kind of quiet and then i start doing these videos and then people are like mm. i just signed up i just signed up i just signed up mm. so not only that you get the social proof where i was like yeah. well if they're signing up it must be good i'm gonna jump in Oh yeah, and before you know, everyone's like, "I signed up, I signed up," and it was crazy. And you can do that with so many things. And so when I posted this tactic on my profile, I got some really big names. I got people like um, James Lewis messaged mm -hmm. me. It was like the three D sign painting, and he went, "Oh man, this is how I sell the majority of my stuff." <laughs> and and I was like, I genuinely just thought I made it up, but it turns out people are using this very yeah. successfully already, or some variant of it. Um, and it's just so much smarter than putting something in your stories with a swipe up link and hoping people totally. swipe up and, and you get a terrible conversion. So I love that technique. It's much more direct, but um, it's really rewarding and fulfilling and you can have some fun with it. Yeah, um, just adding but, a bit, just adding a bit. Instagram now has that sticker called join chat. So that might be helpful yeah. for people having a group of people, those who are interested just with a click of a button. Yeah. People would join the chat, chat, and then you would just share the link. That will work perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Look at the functionality and just get creative with it. Yeah. So totally. I did it the other day where I was like, guys, I, I'm I'm trying out this new join the chat thing. There's only room for 32 people. So once you've signed up, I'm going to delete that from my stories. So I did mm. it. 32 people joined up. We had some fun exchanges. I answered some of their questions, and that was it. Yeah. Yep. That was that was pretty cool. Another thing um, I encourage people to do, go on the people following you and just go and send them like a video or an audio note or, mm. or even a text message if you're not comfortable and be like, I really appreciate you. Like, thanks so much for being part of my community. Let me know if there's anything you'd like to see from me in terms of content or stuff that would help you. I would love to mm. deliver it, but just a thank you. You're not selling or pushing anything, just a sincere thank you and token of appreciation. Yeah. You know how many people do that? Virtually zero. You know how well it works? Freaking amazingly well. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I should try it. I, yeah. And it doesn't take long. Like I, I did it um, a few months back and I'm going to do it again this week. I hit up like 60 people in 40 minutes or something like that. Because mm -hmm. you can be rapid fire with it. And the conversion rate, again, is huge. It was like, you know, the majority of them came back and were like, oh my God, that's so kind of you. And like, it really deepened those relationships. Awesome. Great. So great. I mean, so, some yeah. tactics sprinkled on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is, this is really, really something that most of us miss out, but it's available and it's there. It's just in front of us. We just have to use it in the best way possible. So thank you for the actionable tips. I know uh, this is going to be helpful for a lot of people and uh, you know, to all the listeners guys, just use these tips or these actionable tips uh, in your own way and you can get creative with it as well. You can apply, you can do the trial and error method, you can try out different stuff and whatever works for you, it's just good for you. So that's awesome. So thank you very much for sharing those tips and really appreciate you sure. being on the show, uh, especially for the listeners who don't know, he's not well today, but he took the time out <laughs> and really appreciate the fact that you're on and shared all the value that you are providing. And uh, just to wrap up the show, uh, where can people find you if you if they would like to reach out to you, where they can find you so that that would be more helpful for the listeners? Sure. Thank you again for having me on. Um, you can tell I love this stuff, right? I could talk to you all day about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, 
but no, that, that, that was a really fun chat. Um, and I definitely appreciate coming on, uh, best place for people to find me. My personal Instagram is Tom Ross media, same on YouTube. Uh, you can find my YouTube show or audio podcast at the honest entrepreneur. And of course, check out designcuts.com, my company, um, just an amazing community of designers. And if you want to kick yourself out with the best tools and resources, um, it is the place to go. Yeah, totally. I got the uh, the font bundle and the mockups bundle. Amazing stuff. And oh, was that the, so uh, the, the was that the, the future? The future, yeah, yeah, yeah. The future because that was something. So I'm working on my portfolio website at this point, and I needed mockups. I needed the consistency in mockups, and uh, that was really at the right point to have that bundle and also the font bundle. So keep an eye, guys, on design cuts. Uh, an amazing resource. I, I know I don't need to just tell it more about it because probably people know about it. and It's just a great resource for all of us. So thank you very much. Once again, all the links uh, will be uh, down in the show notes and you can go and check out everything uh, that is mentioned here so that that can be a helpful resource. Once again, thank you very much, Tom, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to do this more in the future. Thanks, man. Bye. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys.